For four long, strenuous years, the media and our esteemed politicians cried and screamed about how Trump was going to lead us into World War III, how Trump was involved in quid pro quo with foreign countries, how Trump was going to destroy America, and how Trump was a corrupt liar who was putting the lives of every single American at risk. It is October of 2022, and all I have to say is I miss the media crying about these hypothetical situations that under Joe Biden we are now actually living through. World War III trends on Twitter as Biden continues to fund the proxy war in Ukraine. Saudi Arabia has exposed that Biden tried to coerce them into postponing oil cuts until after the midterms. And the U.S. economy continues to falter as inflation reaches a 40-year high and food prices rise over 15%. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, we have a lot to get to, my friends. I have been trying to keep up with the news all week, and uh, things have been getting pretty crazy, pretty out of hand, if you will. Joe Biden doing, as per usual, a horrendous job of leading America, and we are all now seeing the consequence of a fortified president. We're also going to be touching on the latest bombshell to come out of the uh, director of Pfizer's mouth regarding the vaccine not stopping the transmission or the spread of COVID-19, which was the entire legal basis for the discriminatory COVID-19 passports. So we'll be getting into that here shortly. But before we jump into everything, please remember that this show is funded by you guys. So if you would like to support me, please click the links down below to my subscribe star. This is a fun way to support me because you get access to behind the scenes content that I post. I'll oftentimes put little hints at where I'm going next, or I'll just talk to you guys one-on-one -on -one about what I am doing behind the scenes when you don't see me on camera. So the link to my subscribe star is down below. That's a really fun uh, little community that we have over there. Go check it out. On top of that, I also do add the links to every single show with all of the research, the articles, videos, documents that go into each show. I post them there. Um, or this is my other favorite way you can support the show because not only are you supporting me, but you get a great American-made product. You can go to oldcountrysoap.com and use coupon code SAV for 20% off what I would deem a an incredible Christmas gift, my friends. Now, if you want skin like salves, you gotta get the best product that money can buy. And luckily for you guys, I want you to help save that money. So uh, we got that coupon code SAV for you. But um, Christmas is coming up, and this is an incredible product that I would highly recommend every single one of you try. Whether, you know, you're getting this for your friends or family, whether you are looking for a great product to use for yourself, Old Country Soap does not disappoint. I am consistently pushing this product because I do use it every single day, and the ingredients are absolutely incredible. You have the tallow. You have the bentonite clay. It is an incredible lather. This is an American-made product made on a farm in South Dakota. We love our American businesses. On top of that, it is chemical free and uh, probably the closest that you're going to get to an all natural soap. We know how important it is to take care of what we are putting on our skin, putting in our bodies. And this is a great way to start. Oldcountrysoap.com coupon code SAV for 20% off your order. You, They will not disappoint. You will not be disappointed. And again, you know, I use this product every single day and it has not disappointed me. So, uh, oldcountrysoap.com. Now let's go ahead and jump straight into the fact that the other day world war was trending. Now the Daily Wire posted this, you won't have to worry about my tweets when I'm president. This was an old tweet from Joe Biden from back in July of 2020. And then they said how it started versus how it's going. And then world war is trending. 
Now, we were all told that Joe Biden was going to be an incredible leader, uh, a leader who basically was everything that Donald Trump was not, which actually turned out to be pretty true. The left for years was screaming about how horrific Donald Trump's leadership was, how we were, uh, like I always say, an international laughingstock, this and that, that Trump was going to completely destroy democracy and implode America. And we're seeing all of that now happen under Joe Biden. Let's go ahead and take a peek at how um, oil production or lack thereof in the United States is going. Breaking Saudi Arabia foreign ministry confirms Joe Biden attempted to coerce the kingdom to cut oil prices until after the 2022 midterm election. On Tuesday, Joe Biden threatened U.S. ally Saudi Arabia during his CNN interview. Biden told Jake Tapper, Saudi Arabia will face consequences for its oil production cuts announced this past week. Now, I was talking to my friend Harrison Smith about this, and he said that the most ironic point of this story and of Joe Biden threatening Saudi Arabia for not boosting oil production is that Joe Biden did that exact same thing here, right? He didn't boost oil production. He stopped oil production here in the United States, which is why our gas prices are so high, one of the many reasons. And now he's condemning Saudi Arabia for not producing more oil to make up for our lack of supply. What happened to the green energy policy here? What happened to, uh, you know, being anti-oil? What happened to the climate change platform that Joe Biden was running on now that the midterms are coming up and gas prices are set to spike again? Because I believe it's going to be two million barrels of oil per month that OPEC is going to be slashing. Now that gas prices are going to be rising again as a result of Joe Biden's disastrous policy, now... All of a sudden, he likes oil production again. He likes uh, natural gas, and he uh, completely forgot about the entire climate change platform that he was running on. So less than 24 hours later on Wednesday night, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia released a public statement on social media uh, in response to Joe Biden's threats. The Kingdom confirmed that Joe Biden attempted to coerce them to cut oil prices until after the election. In the foreign ministry statement, the Kingdom confirms that Joe Biden pressured the Saudi royalty to delay cuts in output and lower oil costs for another month until after the elections. The government of the Kingdom clarified through its continuous consultation with the U.S. Administration that all economic analysis indicate that postponing the OPEC plus decision for a month, according to what has been suggested, would have had negative economic consequence, according to a statement. Now, I've talked about the fact that um, we have given Russia, Saudi Arabia, these oil rich countries a lot of power by cutting our own oil production here in the United States because we are essentially dependent on them now and they're allowed to control the price of oil. And that is why we will suffer as a result of that, because Joe Biden, in an attempt to basically virtue signal to the small minority of the American public who like to pretend that climate change is an existential threat and that we're all going to die, uh, you know, in a decade or so. Remember that AOC said that the earth could end in 12 years because of climate change, because Joe Biden wanted to pander to this small minority of people that do not know how the economy or how anything runs for that matter. Because he prioritized this minority of people, just like he prioritizes all minority communities in this uh, in this country, for the worse, not for the better, mind you, we are now all going to suffer. 
Now, funny enough, Joe Biden <laughs> tweeted out just yesterday, Americans are squeezed by the cost of living. That's been true for years, and they didn't need today's report to tell them that. That's a key reason I ran for president. Working to give middle-class families some breathing room in dealing with their costs is critical. He goes on to say, we're making progress, even if prices remain too high. Inflation of the last three months has averaged 2% annualized. That's down from 11% the quarter before, but we have more work to do. So yes, my friends, um, you know, core U.S. inflation has risen to a 40-year high, but it was higher last month. And um, we're, we're still at that 40-year high, but it could have been higher. So count your blessings, friends. There's Joe Biden for you. Um, per Yahoo Finance, a closely watched measure of U.S. consumer prices rose by more than forecast to a 40-year high in September, pressuring the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates even more aggressively to stamp out persistent inflation. Now, Joe Biden was speaking with uh, Jake Tapper on CNN earlier this week, and he was quoted saying, I don't think there will be a recession if there is there will be a slight recession. It's just going to be slight, guys. Oh, the fact that he's even admitting. You know what? I take this all back. That was the point that I was going to make here. It's funny that he still won't even admit that we are currently in a recession. So Joe Biden just this week denying that we are currently in a recession. Not only that, but saying, I don't think there will be one. And if there is one, it will be slight. So just an update and a reminder that this entire administration tried to change the definition of recession and change our entire language and how we measure where we are economically in an attempt to make things look better than they were. But we all know that we're in a recession. And on top of that, we can couple it with the um, U.S. inflation rising to a 40-year high. Now, going back to the beginning paragraph of this article where it talks about um, the, the U.S. consumer prices rising by more than forecasted um, and pressuring the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, many of you might still have that question, what happens when interest rates rise? What does that mean for the American public? How does that affect me? Well, let's go ahead and take a peek. Per CNN Business, U.S. economy will soon start losing 175,000 jobs a month, Bank of America warns. The Federal Reserve's fight to squash inflation will cause the U.S. economy to start losing tens of thousands of jobs a month beginning early next year year, Bank of America warns. Although the job market remains surprisingly strong in September, the Fed is working hard to change that by aggressively raising interest rates to ease demand for everything from cars and homes to appliances. The pace of job growth is expected to be roughly cut in half during the fourth quarter of this year. As pressure from the Fed's war on inflation builds, non-farm payrolls will begin shrinking early next year, translating to a loss of about 175,000 jobs a month during the first quarter, the bank said. Charts published by Bank of America suggests job loss will continue through much of 2023. So if you thought things were going kind of bad now and you might, you, you know, you, you might be getting nostalgic for that, that president that we previously had that was bringing jobs back to America, it's going to get a lot worse, my friends. We're set to lose a projected $175,000 jobs not dollars. We're losing that every single day by sending billions to Ukraine, uh, maybe even every single second. Have you guys ever looked at the U.S. debt clock? It's absolutely terrifying. Um, but anyways, we're set to lose 175,000 jobs a month due to the Federal Reserve's response to inflation rates, due to Joe Biden's horrific policy. Let's keep going.
On top of that, we also have mortgage rates hitting a 6.92%, hitting 6.92%, the highest in 20 years. So they're hitting that 20-year high. The rate on a popular type of home loan increased this week to its highest level in 20 years, according to data released Thursday. The average rate on a 30-year fixed loan increase to 6.92% as of Thursday, uh, according to the results of a weekly primary mortgage market survey. Mortgage rates have more than doubled this year as the Federal Reserve has moved to combat inflation. We continue to see a tale of two economies in the data. Uh, Freddie Mac's chief economist said in a statement, strong job and wage growth are keeping consumers' balance sheets positive, while lingering inflation, recession fears, and housing affordability are driving housing demand down precipitously. So prospective buyers pulling back in recent months due to those high mortgage rates due to the uh, reaction to inflation. Now, this is another really interesting headline that I wanted to bring up. And if you are watching on screen, the tweet has been deleted and it just says, hmm, this page doesn't exist. Try searching for something else. Why was this tweet deleted? Because uh, this was the headline from Yahoo Finance. America is facing a diaper crisis and the anti-abortion movement is making it worse. Now, at face value, this headline looks horrific, right? This headline is like, okay, so are you saying that because women aren't killing their children, there's too many diapers being bought? What, what, what is happening here? All I have to say to this is, one, there is a diaper shortage. Remember, there was also a baby formula shortage. There may still be a baby formula shortage under President Joe Biden. I haven't even followed up on that. There's been a shortage of, shortage of quite a bit in this country, but there's a diaper crisis, right? There's a diaper shortage. And basically, this is one of the worst written articles I've ever read in my life. But this writer, Sandra Salaith, tries to say that the pro-life organizations across the country that are helping mothers who decide to keep their babies or who yeah don't want to have an abortion they're saying that they're improperly allocating funds and it's making the diaper crisis worse this article makes zero sense um and the reason I brought it up was just to highlight again that if you're not dealing with a record high mortgage rate or you're not dealing with a potential future job loss um, as a result of the inflation rate, if you're not dealing with the actual 40 year high inflation rate, um, you know, the diaper crisis, food shortages, I believe egg prices have also reached a historic high as well. And um, it's just funny because our mainstream media will try to phrase these things as America is facing a diaper crisis and it's the uh, pro-life movement who's to blame. And then they can't even make a coherent argument. Uh, but moving on from that, I, I would hope, right, that we would have an entire Congress that was dedicated to solving this multitude of issues. But no, what is back in the news this week? That's right. The January 6th committee that has since voted to subpoena former President Donald Trump. We have a lot of things going wrong in this country. We've got crime surging. Our border is wide open. Our economy is not doing too well. We are currently funding a proxy war in Ukraine with Russia. It's uh, it's not good. It's not looking good, to say the least, on face value, right? And then if you do a little bit of digging, it looks even worse. Luckily for us, members of our Congress are utilizing their time, energy, and resources to continue to witch hunt and attack Donald Trump. Now, the most frustrating part 
about the entire January 6th committee is that it's 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 baseless. It's ridiculous. It's political persecution. There's no need for us to be funding this. There's no need for our members of Congress to be dedicating time to this. And there is no need for our government to be politically persecuting Donald Trump by subpoenaing him for this ridiculous committee. It's a waste of time. And it's all a show. That That's what this is, right? It's all a show. All of our politicians think that the world is a stage. And I genuinely, because this new clip came out from Nancy Pelosi, where she essentially hired her daughter's documentary camera crew to follow her around on January 6th. And this is one of the clips that came out um, from that. This is the perfect example of how our politicians do not stand for their constituents, how they don't actually work. They don't actually do anything for America. The majority of politicians, again, I say this all the time about Senate hearings, right? When they bring up these uh, big tech CEOs and they're like, hi, you're suppressing free speech. Why are you doing that? And then the CEO is like, yeah, we're doing that for sure. And then our, you know, Senate leaders are like, bad, don't do that. Look at this viral clip on Twitter. Wow. Let's expose this and do nothing about it. It, it happens time and time again. The whole world's a stage and the average politician is actually doing nothing for the American people. They think that they're freaking the Kim Kardashians of Washington, D.C. Listen to Nancy Pelosi in this clip from January 6th to understand what I'm talking about. And that's what this is all about. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could... Change. I would come to him and punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay the I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I want to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. So there's Nancy Pelosi um, threatening violence against the sitting president of the United States. But is she ever going to be held responsible for that? No. Is she ever going to be held accountable? Do you think that anybody in the mainstream outside of Fox News is really going to call her out and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't threaten to punch a sitting president in, in the face? You think anybody's going to be outraged about that? No. Because we live in a two-tier justice system. I forgot to add this into the script, but... Leading into that point, Alex Jones was just hit with a $1 billion in damages to the Sandy Hook families, to which I would respond, we live in a two-tier justice system that is run by corrupt pedophiles. And the reason why they're attacking Alex so much is because he's been at the forefront of exposing this corrupt government. He's been at the forefront of questioning the official government narrative. And he has been right about far more than he has been wrong about. And that is why they're making an example out of him, because they do not want people to dissent. They don't want people to push back. They want people to be silent and clap as Nancy Pelosi eats her $30 a pint ice cream and pretends that all oh, the world's a stage. Meanwhile, her district in San Francisco is overrun by people dying of fentanyl in the street. These people in Washington, D.C. do not care about you. They don't care about your interests. And our political leaders do not fear the people. Keep in mind that the entire foundation of this country is supposed to be a republic, right? The people are supposed to elect officials that are supposed to speak on their behalf. And we have gotten so far away from the foundations of this country to where we have Nancy Pelosi, who's professional documentary filmmaker daughter was following her around, mic'd her up on January 6th. And then Pelosi, because 
Again, she wants street cred. That, that's genuinely what I get after after seeing this is one, she knew she was not going to face any consequence for threatening violence against a sitting president of the United States. And two, she wants the street cred of being like, oh, I would punch Donald Trump in the face uh, because he's so bad and he's so horrible. Our politicians do not care about us here in the United States. And that is why we are deteriorating so quickly. I use the words deteriorate, degrade, destroy quite a bit on this show because it has been quite the time to, to watch Joe Biden truly destroy a strong country and crumble it, continue to erode the foundations of this country by attacking the private American citizens that make this country great by attacking our rights every single day, by continuing to demonize the people who love freedom, who want to keep their guns. I went to UT Austin. I just posted this video. You guys should go watch it. And, uh, you know, it's the typical, I went and asked college kids, hey, the 2022 midterms in Texas are coming up. Who are you voting for, Greg Abbott or Beto O'Rourke? Because I was on a college campus, of course, the majority of students said, oh, we're voting for Beto. When I pressed them on why, they could not respond in any way, shape, or form because they don't know why they're voting for Beto. He's popular. That's why. But if you look into Beto, um, one of the issues, okay, with American politics right now is that we have a lot of... Uh, Sinister people funding the gun-grabbing politicians and trying to fundamentally change the areas in the United States of America where people with common sense and more conservative values feel that they can stay. Because keep in mind, it, it really does feel like America, for freedom-loving Americans, is getting more and more constricted. Like truly... If you want gun rights, if you just want to be left alone, if you don't want the government impeding on every single area of your life, if you do not want to have to pay ridiculously high taxes like in California, there's a select few states where you can truly go to and enjoy a higher quality of living, Texas and Florida, Tennessee being some of those states. But the majority of these states are Democrat run and they're they're crappy, okay? They're not good. So going back to the Beto video, I was doing some research into the young voters because I did ask all of them, are you a Texas resident and do you plan on voting? Because something interesting that's been happening, remember back in 2018 during the Senate race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke, because this is not the first time he's running for political office here in Texas, Beto lost to Cruz by 2.6 percentage of, yeah, 2.6%. So it was a very close race. And this is indicative of what's to come for Texas as all of the liberals in California flee their state and make their way over here. I wrote an article for this um, for the Post Millennial. I'll link it down below. But again, I was doing further research. And from the years of 2010 to 2019, through that decade, over 800,000 people moved to Texas. Uh, over 300,000 of those people came from California. So I believe the exact percentage was about 34% of new Texas residents come from California. And when they come to California, what do they do? Something similar to what the tech, the, the uh, California couple who moved from Palo Alto to Austin, Texas did. They donated $2 million to Beto O'Rourke's campaign. And then you dig even deeper, guess who else funds Beto O'Rourke? That's right, George Soros. He donated a whopping $1.5 million to Beto's campaign. So if he isn't funding the soft on crime DAs that are making sure violent criminals are let out on our streets every single day and that you, the American citizen, is kept 
unsafe, then he's funding the gun-grabbing politicians who will further make sure that you can't protect yourself from these violent criminals. That's what's currently happening in this country. Those are the issues we need to be focused in on. But no, our politicians are focused in on making documentaries and being the star of the show. They're focused in on virtue signaling about what's happening in Ukraine, a foreign country that has nothing to do with us. Remember, if you want to protect your border in Ukraine, you're a hero. But if you want to protect your border here in the United States of America, you're a racist. Make it make sense. Speaking of what's happening in Ukraine, President Biden tweeted this one out earlier this week. This morning, I spoke with President Zelensky and G7 leaders about our unwavering commitment to hold Russia accountable for its war and support Ukraine for as long as it takes. So understand that we're already essentially in like a soft war with Russia by funding Ukraine. And after this came out, we saw headlines similar to this one. Russia says Ukraine's entry into NATO would guarantee World War III and that Kremlin officials warn of guaranteed escalation to catastrophic World War III if the United States and the West continues to meddle in everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. Russia has eerily warned the world that global carnage would ensue if Western allies of Ukraine continue to meddle in their conflict. They said World War III would be sparked if the West continues to intervene, and if a nuclear war was to occur, it would be catastrophic for all mankind. Should NATO approve Ukraine's bid to join its organization, a top Kremlin official threatened global destruction. And keep in mind, too, I didn't play the video on my last show, but Zelensky did come forward and already asked NATO to nuke Russia, to stop Russia from nuking them first. And then because Zelensky at this point is a straight up war hawk and I truly do feel like he's evil and he doesn't care about his people either. A lot of corruption happens in Ukraine. Look at look at Zelensky's response to a potential nuclear war. Not only did he come forth and put out a public statement asking for Russia to be nuked. On top of that, he also tried to get an accelerated uh, membership into NATO which what Russia has already said will lead to World War III, will lead to an escalation. So Ukraine is doing everything in their power to provoke Russia right now, and we are all funding it. From two days ago, Justin, Ukraine needs $57 billion to cover the budget deficit next year and to rebuild critical and power infrastructure. In addition, no less than $5 billion in credit limits to purchase gas and coal, Zelensky, Zelensky says at IMF World Bank. So Joe Biden doesn't have a problem funding Ukraine purchasing gas and coal. But when it comes to the American citizens who are going to suffer because our gas prices are going up because Joe Biden slashed our oil production. It's like, yeah, basically, like, th this is what I'm trying to say here, right? Everything that Joe Biden should be doing for Americans, he's doing for Ukraine. He's funding the protection of their borders. He's funding their purchase of gas and coal. He's funding the protection of, uh, let's say, their country, right? He has more focus and interest in Ukraine than he does here in the United States. A lot of people like to point to Hunter Biden's previous dealings and with Ukraine as an example for why he might have so much vested interest in this area. So Ukraine needs $57 billion. And who's going to pay that? You and me. 
think that the government makes money? No, we make the money and then the government takes it out of our pockets. And then if we say, hey, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't want to pay taxes on this. Then we go to jail. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Now, remember, too, that Elon Musk tweeted out, hey, what if uh, we, we put forth. I forgot exactly what he said, but he basically put forth a, a couple of options for peace between Russia and Ukraine. Right. He was like, what if we did this to help with uh, the tensions between Russia and Ukraine? What if the next territories, we had them hold the vote and you know, ask the people there if they want to be a part of Russia or they want to be a part of Ukraine. What if we did something like that? To which Zelensky responded, you're a pro-Russia apologist, blah, 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 F you. Well, it wasn't Zelensky that said F you. It was a Ukrainian ambassador who told Elon to F off and that they would no longer be using Tesla products. And um, Elon Musk now coming forth and saying that he is confirming the report that uh, he asked the Pentagon to fund Starlink for Ukraine. Besides the ambassador who told him to F off, keep in mind that at the beginning of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Elon Musk sent his Starlink equipment over there so people would have access to the internet. Elon Musk was initially helping Ukraine and then Ukraine's leader because he's a great person who, you know, is really pushing for peace, as we can see by everything that he's done, including telling Elon Musk, yeah, please don't try to push for peace over here. We don't want peace in Ukraine. Thank you. Elon now saying, yeah, I'm not going to fund this anymore. So Elon Musk confirmed Friday that SpaceX has asked the Pentagon to pick up the tab to provide ongoing Starlink satellite internet service to Ukraine, citing being told to F off by a Ukrainian ambassador after Musk proposed a peace deal in Russia's war in Ukraine. Starlink's letter to the Department of Defense was sent before the insult, but Musk seemed to confirm the insult has had an effect. Musk said Starlink's costs are running about $20 million per month. The U.S. and others have been partially paying for the reported more than 12,000 terminals and service provided after Russia's invasion of Ukraine earlier this year. So the reason why we bring up this story is because if Zelensky was a level-headed leader, he would have understood that Elon Musk was at the forefront of helping the Ukrainian people as soon as the Russian invasion started. But because he's emotional, deranged, and not actually a leader who cares about his people, he immediately brushed Elon off as pro-Russian. Now Elon's like, okay, bet, bye. This article said that the uh, letter was sent in before all of the insults. But again, those were just the cherry on top of the cake. And Elon saying, yeah, OK, good. I I'm glad that we, we agree on that then. I I'll get out of here. Now, American people, specifically in blue areas, are getting fed up with billions of our dollars being sent over to Ukraine. Tucker Carlson did a great piece calling out Zelensky, basically asking him, who are you to ask for billions of dollars from the, the American public? Well, what do you think this is? Like an open bank for Ukraine? No, that, that's that's not how this works. I mean, I guess Joe Biden's leading. So that is how it works for Ukraine. Um, and I say this every single time that we do talk about Russia and Ukraine, because it is important to note that Handwritten receipts are being given back to uh, U.S. officials regarding where our money is going. And many of the arms that we've sent over there are being found on the black market. So, yeah, there's no corruption going on in Ukraine. Go ahead and look the other way. Now, many people are starting to fear that World War III or nuclear war is imminent. I don't think we're going to get into a nuclear war. 
But there are people who are tired of funding this war in Ukraine and tired of helping provoke Russia via U.S. taxpayer dollars. Now, AOC, the darling of the progressive left of the Democratic Party, has seemed to have lost a lot of her support and a lot of steam. Earlier this year, I was reading tweets from radical progressives who were saying that AOC is just a celebrity that should not be followed anymore because she doesn't actually care about the people and she's gotten so far away from you know who she originally was and what she originally stood for. The people of the Bronx are upset with AOC. Now I was in the Bronx a couple weeks ago and I played that clip for you of a a lifelong Democrat who's going to be voting Republican for the first time as a result of the Democrats' disastrous policies. This was a Q&A that AOC put on the other day. And um, this, this was the response from, from New Yorkers who are tired of politicians like AOC putting foreign interests above their own. This, this clip is just perfect. It's just mwah, chef's kiss. Let's listen. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are women who are hot. Okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? You're playing with our lives. There will be no neighbors if there's a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment, and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Okay, simple. Are you going to stop nuclear war? Yes or no? There is no line because this is bullshit. None of this matters if we're all dead. So AOC refuses to respond to the question, typical politician, and her response to being asked, hey, are you going to stop promoting nuclear war? Yes or no is you're being rude and you need to wait your turn. This is the exact type of energy every single American needs to have when it comes to their political leaders. This is exactly how political leaders should be spoken to, to be quite honest with you. We need to be holding them accountable and we need to remind them that they are not better than us. They are not in a pedestal and they are not our leaders. They are supposed to be speaking for us. They are supposed to be standing for the American people, not us following them like sheep. No. No, 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 no. That is not what this country was founded upon. And again, I've been reading um, The American Crisis uh, by Thomas Paine. Go read the writings from back in 1776. Go read the writings of our founding fathers and understand how far away we've gotten from our foundations as a country. This is 1776 Americana, and I absolutely love this energy, and I was so inspired watching this video because this is the type of pushback all of our politicians should be getting across the board.
Why do you think Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, a lot of these new right politicians are so popular? Because they are not fitting into that that normal politician mold. No, they say, you know what? I'm going to be a public servant and I'm going to serve the people. I'm going to go meet my constituents. I'm going to go listen to my constituents and I'm going to actually enact what my constituents want. Blake Masters and Carrie Lake, one of the best examples of these. Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of the OG America Firsters as well. These politicians are actual good leaders. And the reason they're good leaders is not because they want people to follow them, but because because they actually lead via helping the American public by giving them what they ask for and what they want, which is cities that are not crime-ridden, which is a border that is secure, which is an economy that is stable. Now, again, if AOC, if Nancy Pelosi, if Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, take your pick, any Democratic politician really, actually cared about constituents, we'd be focused in on what is happening on the streets of America every single day. Crime rates being one of the biggest issues facing Americans. Now, our articulate press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was talking about MAGA Republican racism and crime. And this was her response. Now, I want you to listen to this video, and then we're going to get into how, how far we've gotten as a country to the point where people are now afraid to call the police and report crimes if the criminal is black. And it's because of rhetoric like this. Listen. When a Democrat says something racist or anti-Semitic, we, we, we hold them. We hold Democrats accountable. When a MAGA Republican says something uh, racist and, or anti-Semitic, they are embraced by cheering crowds and become celebrated and sought after endorsements. Senator Tuberville, let's not forget, this just happened, uh, saying black people uh, commit crimes. Doug Mastriano attacking his opponent in Pennsylvania governor's race for sending his children to a Jewish day school. The president used to say, and, and I'll quote the president right now, quote. Okay, so I just want to reiterate what Corinne Jean-Pierre just said. She said, Senator Tuberville saying that black people commit crimes is racism. I would just like to play a couple of videos and show you guys a couple of headlines to combat that. Starting off with Daryl Brooks. Remember him? Remember the black guy who mowed down innocent children, the elderly and families during a Christmas parade in Waukesha last year? Yeah, did we all forget about that? But no, saying that black people committing commit crimes is racist. Speaking of Daryl Brooks, just to give you guys an insight into how ridiculous our even judicial system has become. And I mean, this is a free and fair trial, I suppose. And Daryl Brooks is representing himself. But I want you to understand here just how ludicrous criminals in this country have become. He's representing himself. And he's basically been saying that he doesn't identify as himself anymore. He doesn't identify as Daryl Brooks, who is the criminal who murdered and targeted white Americans in a Christmas parade last year. Listen to this clip. I heard a horn beeping and then a Ford Escape came through the um, parade route. 
and you drove past me and wouldn't stop, and you continued driving into the parade route. Who is you? Uh, Daryl Brooks, the defendant, seated at the table. Um, let the record reflect that I do not identify by that name, nor do I know anybody by that name. Now, the first time I, I watched this clip, I genuinely thought about the transgender fad that is happening, right? Well, I don't identify as that. And I feel like that really will leak into our justice system to the point where it's like, well, I don't identify as the person who committed that crime anymore. And because we have allowed the gender binary and the LGBTQ community and the transgender community to get as ridiculous as they have to the point where we are censoring people for saying just basic biological facts that men can't get periods or get pregnant, we've allowed that. So how far removed are we from allowing criminals to say, yeah, I don't identify as that person that committed that crime? It sounds crazy, but, uh, you know, transgender surgery for minors where, where young, healthy children are cutting off their body parts and it being applauded by adults in the modern day and pushed by the medical communities also sounded crazy. And look at where we're currently at. Going back to Karine Jean-Pierre, though, and her talking about how it's racist to say that black people commit crimes. Um, this was a very sad story that came out of Georgia. I believe it was, yes, earlier this week. Two young black men shot and killed an 18-year-old rising football star. His name was Elijah DeWitt. They are, they're being held uh, without bond. But the saddest part about this story, now, it's two black men who shot and killed a, a white man. And the reason why I'm pointing out the race is because his white family is already making excuses for the criminals. Klaus Arminius on Twitter points out something is deeply broken in white Americans. It hasn't been a week and his girlfriend and parents have started making excuses for his killers. White Americans have been beaten, demonized and terrorized to the point where they believe they're not entitled to basic grief. And he's referring to an article that reads, despite the heartbreak, Reedling said, like DeWitt's family, she's chosen to forgive the sub suspect saying this is not the only crime. It's everywhere. Just like his dad said, you don't really know. You don't know how those kids were raised. You know what? You don't know what they're going through. Reedling told Fox Digital, it's not right. It will never be right. But you know, Elijah, this is not the only crime. This is everywhere and it's horrible. So what I would take away from this is that crime has been so normalized in this country that everyone's just like, well, 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 like, yeah, maybe, you know, the love of my life got brutally murdered. Maybe my son or daughter just uh, got shot to death in the street, but it's okay because crime's everywhere and, and, and that's all right. Now, I thought the angle of white Americans being so beat, beaten down that they, you know, are making excuses for the perpetrators of this crime because, uh, you know, skin color aside, I have seen situations like this where people will just come forward and they do forgive the criminals that did take the life of, you know, their significant other or their family member. So skin tone aside on that one. Uh, I still think the angle is interesting because I'm seeing headlines like this one more and more now. 21-year-old victim of assault and attempted rape was hesitant to call the police because attacker was black. A 28-year-old black man, Jeffrey Miller, arrested and charged in violent attack and attempted rape of 20-year-old 
21-year-old clerk. The victim said she was hesitant to call the police because of the attacker's race. On Tuesday at 4.39 a.m., police responded to Carthage Street in reference to a disturbance. Police say 28-year-old Jeffrey Miller Jr. walked into the store, went behind the counter, and started hitting the woman in the face and head multiple times before knocking her to the ground. Officers claimed that once the woman was on the ground, Miller Jr. attempted to rape her. When police arrived at the store, they found the suspect trying to drag the woman into the back office. They arrested him and charged him with first-degree kidnapping, attempted first-degree forcible rape, assaulting, inflicting serious bodily injury, and interfering with emergency communications. So if you're a podcast listener, you're not seeing the imagery on screen, but this woman's eye is swollen and bloody. She looks horrified. And in her TikTok video that she made about this incident, she was like, yeah, well, I was afraid to call the police because of the attacker's race. She's a white woman. And that is a serious problem in this country. When, and okay, let's make a hypothetical example here with the uh, Elijah DeWitt murder that we just covered. If that was a black rising football star that was shot down by two white men, it would be the front page cover of every mainstream media news article, every mainstream media news website, every single talking head would be speaking about it, and we would be hearing about it for years to come. But because it was a white man that was killed by two black criminals, it doesn't matter. It's brushed to the side. Going back to rising crime rates in this country as well, this comes from my friend Julio Rosas, who says that this is a sign posted at a subway in North Minneapolis. Cash is no longer accepted. Please pay with debit, credit card, Apple Pay, etc. This is for the safety of our team and yes, Great job, Minneapolis. Great job. Crime so rampant that they can no longer accept cash in their stores. But our politicians are focused in on Ukraine. Our politicians are focused in on demonizing Russia and politically persecuting Donald Trump so he doesn't run again in 2024 and fix all of the problems that Joe Biden has ushered in over the past two years. Understand what this is truly about. The Democratic Party does not want a prosperous America. They want a defeated America filled with subservient people who cannot think for themselves because those are the people that are most easy to control. They don't want Americans who are healthy, who are prosperous, who can think for themselves. They do not want that type of American because that type of American is one that is less inclined to allow the government to come in and impose on their life. That's why they continue to push antidepressant medication on us. That's why they continue to push transgenderism on your children. That's why we continue to hear the rhetoric coming out of Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris's mouth that children are property of the government and that children belong to the government because they want to destroy the nuclear family. They want to destroy family because it is those strong family values and morals that create a strong society. It is strong men who lead and protect their family via their muscles or guns that are going to be the same people who say, hey, yeah, no, I don't want the government coming in and forcing me to eat bugs and soy and all this, right? That's just one example. I don't want the government coming in and fear-mongering and scaring my children about climate change when it really isn't that big of an issue. 
I don't want the government coming in and utilizing my hard-earned taxpayer dollars to go find a proxy war in Ukraine. Those types of Americans, they get vocal, they get loud, and they get angry, and they push back against corrupt politicians. And that is why the Democratic Party wants to keep Joe Biden in office. That is why the Democratic Party wants to push Donald Trump out, because Donald Trump wanted a prosperous America. That is why they demonize Ron DeSantis, because he has a prosperous state, probably one of the most prosperous states in the United States of America. They do not want law and order. They want chaos. They want us to descend into straight up tyranny at this point. They want criminals running rampant in the streets and they want to disarm you. They do not want Americans to remember what this country was founded upon or act on it. Because the armed American who is informed Maybe some of those informed by Alex Jones himself, those are the most dangerous Americans. And that's why they label us as domestic terrorists. Because we push back against their tyranny. And they, they cannot have that. If you guys haven't as well, you guys should go to band.video or infowarsstore.com and go support Alex in any way that you can. I believe he's also selling his book, The Great Reset on Amazon. Go buy it. And go read it, not only for yourself and for your family, but to support Alex. Because he is being so demonized and attacked right now. And again, it's because the establishment is trying to make an example of him. They don't want people like me, like Drew Hernandez, to, to speak out, to push back. They do not want the next generation to be influenced by an Alex Jones who broke the traditional mold of a newscaster and went and actually started confronting politicians, pushing back and questioning official government narratives. The government does not want somebody like that in this country because that type of person breaks the matrix, breaks the mold, and helps Americans elevate to the next level and truly reach their full potential. And once every single person in this country does that, the government will have no more power over us. Now, one of the ways the government kept us unhealthy, beaten down, and most likely shortened many people's lifespans was via the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, in a COVID hearing, a Pfizer director made a pretty damning admission. If you guys haven't heard about this, please listen to this video in its entirety. And I'm going to couple this with a couple more news articles. But the entire discriminatory COVID-19 vaccine passports were based on a lie. We've known that, by the way. But now it's coming out of the director of Pfizer's own mouth. Listen to this bombshell clip. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. U, mevrouw Small, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was 
The Pfizer-COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market. If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanisation before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. Now, again, the majority of us already knew that the COVID-19 did not stop the spread. Uh, the COVID-19 vaccine did not stop the spread of COVID. It did not stop the transmission of COVID. Uh, but of course, we still have fact checkers who have to come forth and tell the, the truth about the misleading post on Pfizer COVID vaccine's impact on transmission. I was reading this from the AP, and it's just absolutely hilarious. And I'm going to read these two paragraphs at, at the top for you here. Because we've reached a point in society where the average person has such an inability to think for themselves that they can watch a clip, listen to the Pfizer director point blank say, yeah, we didn't test if uh, this stopped the transmission of COVID-19. And then the media can come write an article like this one and people believe it. Claim. Pfizer admitted to the European Parliament that it had not tested the ability of its COVID-19 vaccine to prevent transmission of the virus before it entered the market, proving the company lied about this earlier in the pandemic. AP's assessment. Missing context, Janine Small, president of the international markets at Pfizer, told the European Parliament on Monday that Pfizer did not know whether its COVID-19 vaccine prevented transmission of the virus before it entered the market in December 2020. What? So they add this, this last caveat here. But Pfizer never claimed to have studied the issue before the vaccine's market's release. So my favorite thing about AP fact checks is that they will take the exact quote and then say, well, it's false because they did say exactly what you think they said. But it's still false. And then the American public just goes, okay, yes. I thought that was such a great explanation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. To which I would respond and ask, okay, then who told the CDC, who told the, the FDA, and who told Dr. Fauci that the COVID-19 vaccine stopped the spread of COVID-19? Who told them that? If it wasn't the uh, CEO of Pfizer, who, by the way, couldn't even make an appearance at this uh, hearing, did they just make that up? Did the CDC just bold-faced lie to us? They would never. Who told them that? Where did they get that from? Because remember, it wasn't just Dr. Fauci who was saying this. It wasn't just the CDC that was saying this. It wasn't just the FDA that was promoting this. It was also the World Health Organization and um, internationally, almost every single leader. Let's listen to the CEO of Pfizer talk a little bit about the vaccine that he forced on people. I guess he didn't force it on us. He just made billions as the government forced it on us. The same government that has stock in a lot of these companies that were creating the vaccine. But yeah, don't don't look into that at all. Let's listen to the CEO of Pfizer uh, talk about his product. 
lot of indications right now that uh, are telling us that there is uh, uh, a protection against uh, transmission of the disease. There is no variant that we have identified that escapes the protection of our vaccine. Against COVID Even to come now with a treatment of 90% effectiveness, you know, personally makes me a lot very proud about uh, And we know that um, the, three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against... It is necessary a fourth boost right now. The, the protection that you are getting from the third, it is uh, good enough actually quite good for hospitalizations and deaths is not that good against infections but doesn't last <laughs> uh, so first off what you were seeing there in that video was the deterioration of how effective the COVID-19 vaccine was but I just want to re-listen to that beginning statement there one more time a lot of indications right now that uh, are telling us that there is uh, uh, a protection against uh, transmission of the disease Really? Oh, okay. Great, great, great. Because the entire premise of this AP article is saying that, well, Pfizer didn't know, uh, you know, they never stated uh, that they were going to study the issue before the vaccines market release. So then the CEO of Pfizer was just bold faced lying to the American public about that. Then. That's interesting. Huh? Think he's ever going to be held accountable? Probably not, unfortunately for us. Now, we're seeing a lot of tweets like this one surface. Um, this comes from James Smith on Twitter. Uh, he, he, he's a book writer here. And the reason we're bringing it up is because a lot of people are coming out with this type of mentality and these types of statements now. So it turns out get vaccinated to save other people was a farce. I think I owe a lot of people an apology. I genuinely thought I could trust the experts. I'm very disappointed to have been hoodwinked by the propaganda of 2020. This tweet has almost 150,000 likes. That's what you would call a viral tweet. Now, a lot of people, specifically those of us who didn't get vaccinated, vaccinated and were demonized for it, and we're told that we were selfish because we didn't want to get an ineffective vaccine that had no research behind it, that didn't even stop the spread of COVID-19. We were called horrible people. We were the bad guys. We were the ones that were kicked out of restaurants because we weren't vaccinated. We were the ones that were kicked out of school. Our children were forced to mask up. There's still signs on restaurants to this day that say, Masks are not required, but if you're not vaccinated, we would really appreciate you wearing one. Now, I don't feel like the average person in the United States of America has ever truly faced discrimination or oppression in this country. It's pretty difficult to, to go looking for that in the United States. You really have a lot of opportunity here. The people who genuinely have experienced discrimination in this country were the unvaccinated. Like I just said, they were legitimately kicked out of institutions because they didn't want to get an injection. That, that's the actual discrimination, right? But it was government mandated, so it was okay. Now that we're seeing the reality of this vaccine come out, the uptick in myocarditis, in potential death, the side effects it's having on healthy 18 to 34 year olds. Remember the study the uh, Surgeon General in Florida just came out with? The difference in blood platelets 
from the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. That was from an Italian study. We went over that last show. And now the Pfizer director coming out and saying, yeah, we really didn't test to see if it was going to stop transmission. We really don't know who came up with that and ran with it. But everybody did. And it was like the entire basis of the discriminatory COVID passports. Sorry. We're seeing more and more responses like this one. And for me, I think this is a positive. I'm happy to see my fellow man waking up and saying, you know what? I fell for the propaganda. And a lot of people did. A lot of people in the right wing did. Donald Trump himself was pushing the vaccination for quite a while. But people are waking up not only to the government corruption via the billions of dollars that were made via the vaccine and the politicians who enforced this that also profited off of that. But people are also waking up to the fact that their government does not actually stand for them. And that the government officials that they elected are tyrants, to be quite honest. This is Democrat Minnesota Representative Angie Craig. Listen to her response um, to who she's going to stand up for, Big Pharma or her constituents. Let's listen. I will never stop standing up for Big Pharma and standing against my constituents. Thank you, Angie. So in a rare moment, a Democrat told the truth. I will never stop standing for big pharma and standing against my constituents. One Democrat actually came forward and told the truth about who she stands for. And to be quite honest, based on what I've, what I've seen, this is the majority of the Democratic Party. They don't stand for their constituents and now they're bold-faced telling you. And sadly, because the will of the people has been ignored, we're seeing more and more headlines like this one come out from the post-millennial. Judge gives go-ahead for Seattle, Seattle firefighters to be terminated over vaccine mandate weeks before measures expire. Judge Matthew Williams wearing a mask and showing his pronouns will allow Seattle firefighters to be fired for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. A King County, Washington judge rejected an injunction filed by Seattle firefighters who are about to be terminated for not complying with the city's COVID vaccine mandate for first responders. This will allow the firefighters to be fired. While wearing a uh, mask during a Zoom meeting, Judge Matthew Williams denied the motion for the injunction, which would have prevented the firefighters from being terminated for refusing to get the jab for religious reasons. According to the judge, the firefighters failed to prove irreparable injury from their termination. He also argued that the public interest was greater than the firefighters' desire for injunctive relief. Remember all of the nurses that were fired in 2021 after caring for COVID patients for the entirety of 2020 before there was ever a vaccine. Those same nurses that were at the forefront of COVID were at the hospitals taking care of people were fired for not getting the vaccine. There are still policemen and firefighters across the nation that are getting fired for not getting the vaccine, which now undeniably does not stop the spread of COVID-19. It's very sad where we're currently at as a country. 
And I always say that COVID-19 was the test ground for our government to see how much they could encroach upon our lives and really how much of our rights and freedoms they could take away. The fact that we were shut down for as long as we were, the fact that we were forcing people to face mask, which also was another way that, yeah, COVID-19, the transmission, it didn't stop with the, the freaking surgical face masks that you bought from your, your local gas station for a dollar. This was one of the government's ways to test how willing people would be to give up their rights and freedoms. And sadly, the majority of the population was pretty willing. Now, a couple of other stories, and then we'll wrap up here. Kanye West, of course, was in headlines for making a variety of genuinely like common sense statements, to be quite honest with you. And Candace Owens tweeted out that he was kicked out of J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. Now, this is not the first time somebody with controversial opinions have, has been kicked out of their bank, and it won't be the last. This happened to Donald Trump as well after January 6th. It's happened to multiple people on the conservative right wing. I said this before in my last show, and I'll say it again, that the culture that's being fostered and created by the left wing in America is targeted at ostracizing right wing or common sense American citizens. Tulsi Gabbard this week came out and said that she was leaving the Democratic Party because it now stands against everything that she stands for. More and more people are leaving the radical left wing because this is the result of it. The result is a social credit system where PayPal is allowed to fine you $2,500 if you say the wrong thing. The result is getting kicked out of your bank if you have the wrong opinion. The result is you having your livelihood taken away and being fired for not getting an experimental vaccination with no research behind it. We are punishing individual thought in this country because the people in power do not want us to think for ourselves. So remember that you need to be the one to make a positive change in your country. I always say this, and I'm glad we did the show today, but on a more personal note, I genuinely have been feeling like my show is subpar and it sucks. Why should I do it anymore? I don't make a change. I'm just one person. I have a couple thousand people that watch me on YouTube. What's the point? Why do I even report? Politics is a really difficult industry to thrive in because it's very negative. And I've had a lot of negative thoughts. And then I remember to take my own advice that I tell you guys every single day that if you can inspire just one other person and that person can inspire just one other person, that's how you make a positive change. Change for this country truly does start with the individual and we all have to continue to push forward and we all have to, to strive to make a change. You might think, oh, I'm just a regular everyday American citizen. So am I. I'm not special. Or maybe I am special and so are you. And it's up to us to be that special person who stands up and makes a change. And if we all adopt that type of mindset, we will make a change. We will take this country back and it will be better because of people like us. Now, one of the people who has been outspoken, NFL coach Todd Bowles. I don't really watch the NFL, so I probably just butchered his name. But this is the type of individual thought that they want to stifle and suppress. 
Because if the media, if our politicians cannot keep people divided and keep us all imprisoned via groupthink, then they lose control. Listen to this clip. It's absolutely incredible. And I, I love the energy from this American as well. You you and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that bowl. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Now, this is just a perfect example of breaking the conditioning and pushing back against the media and pushing back against this group think of we all need to be in these racial boxes and we all need to elevate black voices. No, I absolutely uh, love what this coach had to say because he said, you know what? It's the media that is continuously dividing people. It's the media that is perpetuating the, this racial divide. And it is the media that really does push the majority of, uh, you know, whatever catastrophic event is at the forefront every single day. The most important thing for every single American to be focused in on is electing the correct politicians into office in the 2022 midterms. It's holding their elected officials accountable and having their voices heard. It's protecting their children, creating a strong family, and taking their communities back. It's pushing back against the narrative. It's pushing back against the groupthink and it's standing up for what's right. Because keep in mind the major institutions in the United States of America, like JP Morgan that just kicked out Kanye West, they kept Jeffrey Epstein as a client despite internal warnings. So Kanye West gets kicked out for having some controversial opinions, but they still sided with child molester Jeffrey Epstein. By the way, we still don't have the client list from Ghislaine Maxwell. We prioritize criminals in this country. We capitulate to criminals and they're genuinely leading us right now. Nancy Pelosi, a criminal. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, criminals. Funny enough, too, Joe Biden came forward and was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be decriminalizing marijuana because they're doing anything and everything that they can ahead of the 2022 midterms to try to win that vote. I saw the funniest tweet response, and it was like kind of effed up for Joe Biden to just completely uh, disregard Kamala Harris's entire life work like that. I thought it was hilarious. But um, again, the Democrats are scared. Because the people are pushing back and they're doing everything that they can right now in their power, including groveling to foreign countries to boost oil production and not to, you know, slash their, their oil. Because the midterms are coming up and the people are not happy with their party. I'll leave you guys on that note. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. I do appreciate every single one of you who supports the show, who listens to to the show. Uh, please remember as well, go support our friends at Old Country Soap. They do make an incredible product for you. And um, the reason I promote it is because I believe in the product. I absolutely love it. I believe in everything that I say 
on this show to you guys from the products I promote to the news articles and the message that I preach to you. So uh, again, oldcountrysoap.com, use coupon code SAP for 20% discount, or you can go to my subscribe star and, um, you know, find all the links to the research in these episodes. Uh, I'll make those posts free because I want you guys to have access to all of these links and videos. So you don't need to subscribe to me on that platform um, to get access to that, but it will be on that platform. So go check it out. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez and I'll see you guys next time.